Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. We ask you to take your Bibles and turn with us, if you would, to the book of Malachi and the first chapter. Breaking in here. You offered polluted bread upon mine altars, and you say, wherein have we polluted thee? And that you say that the table of the Lord is contemptible. If you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? If you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us this hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on my altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun, even unto going down of the same, My name shall be great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and a pure offering for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye have profaned it, and that ye say, the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat, is contemptible. Ye said also, Behold, what weariness is it? And ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. And ye brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand, saith the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver, which hath in his flock a male, and voweth and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. My message deals with the subject. Are you doing your best for Jesus? When we think of what our Lord has done for each one of us, We're reminded that the Lord deserves our very best. Look what God's done for us. Amen. He's done for us what no one else could do. To give less to our blessed Lord is unthinkable. When we think of how he died upon that cruel tree and gave himself a sacrifice for us. And the prophet now lays the charge before the people that they had given the Lord less than their very best. What they were given to God was very far from their best. Malachi speaks to this kind of offering that they were giving to God. The offering that they were given to God was repudiating to the Lord. In verse number seven, he said, ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar, 
and say, wherein have we polluted thee? In that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible. Malachi speaks of bread and the table. The bread speaks of the animal sacrifices offered to God. The table speaks of the brazen altar on which these sacrifices were offered. Twice here in this passage of scripture, Malachi used the words polluted. Amen. The word means repudiating, defile. Malachi was saying you are offering sacrifices to God that's repudiating to him. They were repudiating to the Lord for two reasons. There was an outward desecration. He said again in verse number seven, ye offer polluted bread upon my altar. And you say, wherein have we polluted thee? And that you say that the table of the Lord is contemptible. God said, ye offer polluted bread upon my altar. Friend, the ideal of the pollution was that of the priestly contamination. They were offering sacrifices without observing the requirements of washing their hands and changing their clothes between offerings. This disqualified the priest from performing such priestly functions. To offer sacrifices when personally defiled also defiled the sacrifice itself. They were saying that the table of the Lord is contemptible. That word means they were treating the altar and the sacrifice with scorn. And in verse number eight, listen to what God said. Ye offer the blind for sacrifice. Ye offer the lame and the sick. And God strictly forbade any sacrifice that was defective that was sick, that was lame. Friend, we read in the book of Deuteronomy and the 15th chapter and verse number 21, and if there be any blemish therein, as if it be lame or blind or have any ill blemish, thou shalt not sacrifice it unto the Lord thy God. They were offering polluted sacrifices in a polluted state. They were offering what God had condemned in a way also which God had forbidden altogether. Friend, there was an inward defilement. Whatever is in the warehouse will sooner or later show up in the showroom. Their polluted actions was a result of their polluted attitudes, their polluted heart. Amen, the outward was but a reflection of the inward. And so it is today in each one of our lives. Solomon said in chapter 23 and verse number seven of the book of Proverbs, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And the same thing is found in the book of Matthew in the 15th chapter 
and verse number 18, but those things which proceed out of the mouth cometh forth from the heart and they defile the man. The outward is a mirror of the inward. And when we are not right on the inside, we're not gonna be right on the outside. And this is why Jesus tells us in the word of God to cleanse that which is on the inside first, that the outside may become clean also. You mark it down, friend, when a person really gets the inward cleaned up, it's gonna reach to the outward. And the reason a lot of folks is never affected on the outside is because there's something still wrong on the inside. But they said, wherein have we polluted thee? God declares their repudiating actions and they deny them. God answered by saying, in that ye say that the table of the Lord is contemptible. Now, friend, they may have not been saying this with their lips, but in their lives, their actions of their hands only revealed the attitude of their hearts. Amen, and so dear ones, it's not just what we're saying with our lips, but we can deny the Lord by the way we live. Uh, the Bible talks about individuals, and it said they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Friend, you don't have to come right out and deny the Lord audibly. We can deny him by the way we live. Our actions springs from our hearts. And friend, when we give less than our best to God, it reveals that our heart is far from God and that our heart for God is not what it should be. Are we really doing our best for Jesus? Friend, no polluted man can offer pure bread on God's altar. The condition of the heart is evident in the attitude of many people towards the house of God. So, so many people today attend the house of God if it's convenient. They go to church on a fairly regular basis, but they do not hesitate to go elsewhere if the opportunity arises. Friend, it's also seen and people's attitude towards the word of God. So many today that profess Christianity, they rarely pick up the Bible. They rarely study God's word. Friend, they don't ever give time hardly to reading and studying the Bible. At church, there's a lot of folks today that go to the house of God but when it comes right down to it, if they would be honest, they would rather be entertained than exhorted. Scores of people in churches today, they'll go hear an opera through and through. Amen, but not only once, but will pull out their watches and become anxious and fidgety if the preacher exceeds by a few minutes space what is recognized 
as his allotted time. The condition of our heart is also seen in our attitude towards the service of God. We say, I would like to get involved if I had time, when in reality the issue is making time rather than having time. Amen. God looks on the heart and not just the life. Yes, he looks at the life, but that's not all. He looks deeper than that. He looks on my heart and he looks on your heart. Amen. Are we doing our best for Jesus? You see, the life is the tattletale of the heart. See, there's something about God. He doesn't treat symptoms. He deals with the cause. Amen. God is more concerned about why we do what we do than what we do. That's what God wants to know. He does not only want what we do, God wants to know why you do what you do. Are we doing our best for Jesus? And I tell you, friend, the people that Malachi was talking about, they were guilty of not doing their best. They were offering sacrifices that were repudiating to the Lord. And the reason was because they were not where they should have been with God. Offerings that were rejected by the Lord. Malachi challenges them with two propositions to show that the Lord rejected such offerings. First of all, he tells them in verse number eight, and if you offer the blind sacrifice, is it not evil? And if you offer lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto the governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? Malachi asks, is such offerings, these offerings that you're bringing me, are they not evil? If you don't think so, then why don't you make such an offering? to the governor. Do you think that he's gonna be pleased with an offering like you're bringing unto me? Friend, the, the answer is obvious. The governor's not going to accept it. So what makes you think that the king of the universe is going to accept such an offering? Amen. The argument of Malachi is if the governor would not accept such an offering, do you really think that God is going to be pleased with an offering that the governor would reject? Amen. An analogy that might better relate would be concerning our jobs. Do you think that an employer would be pleased with work that's insufficient? If we halfway did our jobs, if we showed up part of the time, only came to work when we felt like it, do you think our employer would tolerate indifference, slothfulness? 
Why do we think God feels any different and deserves anything less? There's a lot of folks today, if they treated their work like they treat God's work, they wouldn't last a week on the job. Amen. May God help us. A prayer that would be denied by God. Notice what else in verse number eight. And now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your person, saith the Lord of hosts. In verse number nine, Malachi was saying, why don't you call on God? Will he be gracious to bless you? Do you think he will regard your answer to your prayer? Again, the answer is obvious. God's not going to hear you. Why do we think we can do just about anything and live any old way and God's just going to overlook it all and he's going to bless us in spite of our slothfulness, in spite of our indifference, in spite of our lethargy, in spite of our lukewarmness, in spite of the fact that we're coming short of the glory of God day after day, week after week. We're aiming, but we're missing the mark. Amen. He tells us in verse number 10, who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do you kindle fire on my altar for naught. I had no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts, neither will I accept an offering at your hand. As far as God was concerned, it would be better that the doors of the temple were shut and the fires on the altar put out and the whole system stopped than to offer such as they had been offering. God said, neither will I accept the offering at your hand. God is saying, I will reject that which is not your best. They were given, but they were not given God their best. See, I don't think there's a person that professes Christianity that's not giving. You may be giving of your tithes. You may be giving in this area, and you may be giving in another area. But the question is, are we giving our best? They were given. The people in Malachi's day, you couldn't charge them with not giving, but they were not giving their best. I tell you, friend, offerings required for the Lord. Look at verse number 11. For from the rising of the sun, even to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. In every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and pure offerings, for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. Friend, the point Malachi makes is that God deserves our very best. Malachi's words in effect say, amen, give God what he properly deserves. You know what? Today, just as it was in Hosea's day, irreligion is at the root of all of our trouble. 
I think of 2 Samuel 24, 24. Listen, he said, nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer a burnt offering unto the Lord my God, of which cost me nothing. He said, I'm not going to make an offering to God if it doesn't cost me something. I want us to look at verse number 12 and 13. But ye have profaned it, in that ye say the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat is contemptible. Ye said also, behold, what a weariness it is. And ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts. And ye have brought that which was torn, and the lame, and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this at your hand, saith the Lord? Malachi again reiterates the way they had been treating God. He adds how they looked at God's service. The word weariness means irksome, vexation, burdensome, drudgery. One commentator said they pretended to puff and pant under sacrificial lamb's weight, giving God the best was a burden. They were weary of giving God what he deserved. But the point is, he deserves the best. And we should never grow weary of giving God our best. Give God what we personally declare. We read in verse number 14, listen to this. But cursed be the deceiver which hath in his flock a male, and vows and sacrifice unto the Lord a corrupt thing. I'm a great king, saith the Lord of hosts. My name is dreadful among the heathen. They had made vows to God, and they were breaking the vows that they had made to God. The participles used here indicate they were continuing to break the vows that they made God. And God calls them a swindler. God calls them a deceiver. It's not known what vow is alluded to here, but in keeping with the context, I would assume that it was a vow to serve God and give him what he deserved. Friend, has there been times in our lives that we told God we loved him more than anything else? Has there been times in our lives we told God we was going to serve Him, we would put Him first? Has there been times in our lives that we told God, God, I'm going to do my best for Thee? And God says, pay me my vows. You said you would seek me first in the kingdom of God. You said you'd put me first. You told me you'd do your best. And God says, it's time to pay the vows. Those sacrifices is over, and we're no longer offering sacrifices, but hold up just a minute. Romans 12 says, I beseech thee. Paul said, I beg of thee. Amen to present. God said, I beg of thee to present. Bring something to God 
I beseech you therefore, brethren, he's talking to Christians, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. What kind of sacrifice are we presenting to God? In the Old Testament, it couldn't be lame. It couldn't be defective. It had to be the very best one in the field. Have we given God our best? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body a living sacrifice, holy, just as in the Old Testament. It has to be acceptable. And if it's not holy, if it's not acceptable, God says, I'm not accepting this sacrifice. This is repudiating to me. Which is your reasonable service? Isn't it reasonable? Saints, when all that God has done for us, isn't it reasonable that we give God our very best? It's reasonable. It's not unreasonable. What are we sacrificing? For God, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I beg of you that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be a transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I believe this is serious, that we not be slothful about presenting to God this living sacrifice. It's got to be our very best. Oh, to give God 99 parts and withhold the 100th undoes the whole transaction. Are we doing our best for Jesus? Amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.